0: Uh, so last week, I laid a lot of groundwork. I preached for, like, a really long time on accident. We rolled. It was great, though. It was a lot of fun. Um, but we're, we're in this part called the Sermon on the Mount, right? And, of course, we enter into the Beatitudes. We're thinking, oh, yeah, Jesus is just, like, you know, speaking positively, all that fun stuff, right? Until you do a red-letter study where you, you only read the things that Jesus says, and you realize the Sermon on the Mount is a little bit hardcore, and Jesus also isn't as nice as we thought he was. So, you know, he calls people Satan. It's great stuff. But what's going on is Matthew has established Jesus is not just a good teacher like they teach in Islam, right? Jesus is not... All these other things that we hear and all these other philosophies, right? Uh, You know, the words of Jesus are great, right? A lot of people, fancy word. This is a word you guys are going to learn today and you're going to walk out of here and you're going to be blessed. Transcendentalist, right? It's great. I know, right? Enlightenment people. All right, anyways, moving on. Uh, All of them are like, yeah, Jesus had a lot of really good words and that is what it is. No, no, no. What Matthew has come forward is he's established Jesus is the king. He's not a king. He is the king, which is the point. And he says, in the physical supernatural every way possible jesus is king yeah. and then he goes through and he shows how his his way has been prepared for him shows how even at his birth uh kings from other lands came and yeah. were there god led them there and they and they and they honored him right it's just crazy how much ground matthew was laying he's like look this guy's the king this guy's the king um, uh, in case you've forgotten this guy's the king and then when he's anointed and the way is made for him and he redeems all the mistakes of Israel and Moab, well, what the heck does that mean? I don't know. Read Deuteronomy. You'll figure it out, right? All of that stuff happens. He is led into Jerusalem. He's unleashed. And what does he start doing? He starts preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And in that little phrase, we understand something, that the good news of God, right, the, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, the salvation of our souls. As Jesus puts it, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That, that is... Uh, uh, what is known as a kingdom concept, right, the king's domain, right, what we understand is Jesus isn't, isn't here trying to tell us how to live a better life, Jesus is saying, if you guys want to follow me, you have to understand that you're actually part of something bigger, it's not just your Bible study you attend or watching TBN, you are saying, hey, I'm actually a part of a nation, and I actually have to submit to those laws and those rules. And I actually have to follow and honor that king. And I don't think that that really connects with a lot of us. It is what it is. God loves you. He's just going to bless it. If I make a mistake, oh, well. No, no. Jesus actually expects a lot from us. And the reason why is well, I believe he's entrusted us with responsibility. If he, put, if he puts expectation on you, it's because he expects you to fulfill it. Right, right, right. I don't, I don't put the expectation of my son paying the, um, the rent. I don't expect him to fulfill it. I do expect him to listen to me when I talk to him, right? I'm, I'm trusting him with obedience. And we may look at that and think that's weird. It's not. It's an honor, right? It's something that the king, the creator of everything, has called us to do, right? And so Jesus has been drawing all these crowds. He's up on a mountain. Everyone comes following him. And he's like, all right, cool. This is what we're going to do. We're going to establish what you're supposed to do if you're going to be part of my kingdom. And I'm not going to summarize all of it. I'm just going to say this. The Sermon on the Mount can really just be told through this, it's not simply how you live, right, it's not simply the actions you take on the outside, it is who you are on the inside, as Jesus says later on, I believe it's Matthew 14, right, he says, you focus on cleaning the outside of the cup, but the inside's still dirty, he's like, if you clean the inside of the cup, it will all be clean, and that's a thing he says constantly, and this section we're about to get into, it's a little bit smaller in the Sermon on the Mount, so I I might do under 45 minutes, we'll see, right? Um. he hits that up a lot. What Jesus is so concerned with is who we are inside. Yeah. What the Hebrew people did was they really focused on doing the right thing, but they weren't right inside. And that's why constantly in the Bible, they're doing insane stuff. And you're like, bro, how did you guys get there? Like Moses goes up onto the mountain and they're looking around They're like, well, where'd Moses go? He went to talk to God. Well, listen, he ain't been here for like five hours. We got to burn down all the gold, make a golden calf. We're just going to start worshiping it. Oh, Aaron, make us a God. And Aaron's like, wow i mean, like, God spoke to me personally, but you know what, I, I don't know, let's say, it's, it, 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 you guys want, I'm just going to give the people what they want, right, and then Moses comes down off the mountain, and they're worshiping a giant golden statue of a bull, and he's just like, dude, what What did you guys, What? what is going on here, right, <laughs> and right, we have the Moses syndrome as Christians, and, and that's not right, because if our inside is really clean, we understand that, but we're we're kind of in the position of Moses, right, because, because God speaks to us now, that we can take his message to other people, and, and that's what's important right there, so. Jesus is so concerned with us being right on the inside. And if we're right on the inside, that will reflect on the outside, right? He says, he says that, that, that whatever is inside, right? Whatever you're doing in secret, it will be revealed, right, in the light. And so we're going to go ahead and just get into that. I'm going I'm to pray really quick. Uh, Father, thank you for this word, God. Um, God, you are, you are worthy of all of our praise, God. You are worthy of our lives, God. We just love you so much. Lord, we, we, we thank you for what you've done for us, God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So as I said before, a lot of times when you get into your Bibles, they have like these little uh, sections over them, and it's great, right? I was using them last week kind of as points. It's like, oh, it's, yeah, all right, I'll talk to you guys about oaths really quick. Uh, don't do them. Just say yes or say no, right? Um, but this is kind of where we get into some trouble is um, this little section here on the Sermon on the Mount, it's broken up in a way that I think is just really not good, and, and, and that can affect how we read it when I first was really getting serious about my Bible reading, someone gave me a, you know, like one of those Gideon Bibles from the, from, the, uh, from the hotel. And that's just like, there's no breaks. It's just the whole way through. It just tells you what chapter that you're on. It's incredible because it really revolutionized how I read the Word of God. Because I'm like, oh, wait a minute. That's the same point. It's not like this. They're all saying the same thing right here. And so I think it's important that we really read like that. And so coming in here, this section says giving to the needy. And I think a lot of our Bibles probably say that for the first section of chapter six. And that's not the point. Right. The point that Jesus is about to make isn't about being generous. And you guys will hear uh, when I get to it. So uh, six, verse one If Aaron Rosenberg. Thank you, sir. Love you. God bless you. All right. Six one. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. Mm-hmm. For then you will have no reward from your father who is in heaven. And, and right there, he's challenging so many beliefs, right? Like, these people rolling around and the Pharisees do crazy stuff, right? They have these things called phylacteries that they literally like tape to their forehead and then they have like a wall that they walk up to and they like do this and they like recite the entire Old Testament for hours. And people walk through and they're like, man, they're making a huge big deal. And they're just going like this, like just reading the Bible. I saw a guy doing that one time, and I was like, what the heck is that, bro? And they just had hundreds and thousands of people doing it, making pilgrimages to do that constantly, right? Going around with lots of money and throwing them into the tithe boxes. And when someone walks by who's unclean, they scream, they tear open their shirts, and they're like, get away from me. Like making a big deal of how clean, how holy they are, right? And Jesus is like, Dude, practicing your righteousness so everybody can see, you're fake. And that's what he's 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 challenging these people who look to the Pharisees as the ultimate authority, right? And and as I read earlier, uh, chapter 7, which is the ending of uh, next week, everybody is astounded by the things that Jesus says. Because he teaches them unlike anything they've ever heard. And he's challenging them, and he's saying, guys, it's not about people thinking you're awesome. It's about doing the right thing when no one is looking and when everyone is looking for the right reasons. And I know that sounds impossible, but I, I truly believe that we can actually do that if we make a practice of it. But again, that just speaks to the point that Jesus is concerned with who you are on the outside, right? Caring only about honoring your father and reaching this person who's lost and not trying to get fame or accolades. And I think a lot of times that doesn't that, 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 that preach. I want people to notice me, right? I want people to follow me on TikTok and whatever. I'm not in on any of that stuff, right? I have kids and I work and I try to sleep and that's my life. So it is what it is, right? But beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. He's not saying don't practice righteousness. He's saying stop doing it for the wrong reason. And he goes forward. He says, thus when you give to the needy. That's why people say, oh, this is a great sermon on generosity. No, it's not. He's giving them an example. Hey, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. it's not good if you do something right and then go and tell everybody about it. It's just, just if you're constantly doing the right thing, people will see it, yeah. right? That, that, that's what's important. We, we don't do the right thing because we want people to know, and sometimes we do, and then we're doing it for the wrong reason. So if that's you, hey guys, it's a great day to turn that around, amen, amen? <laughs> but when you give to the needy, verse three, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. And, and that's a good thing that he's teaching them right there. These people, a bunch of farmers, a bunch of fishermen, a bunch of nobodies, that they're significant to God. Yeah. And understand, as I was saying, that right here Jesus is teaching fundamentals of his kingdom, right? Fundamentals of who God is, what God expects of us. God expects us to understand that we're significant to him. Amen. It doesn't make him happy when we sit there and we think we're nothing before God. It, God's like, no, 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 I paid away to be with you, how dare you think I'm that small, that I'm ashamed of you, and this is expressed right here in these two little verses, your father who is in secret, sees you in secret, going down to the next verse, right, verse five, and of course, this is where there's a break, and we're like, cool, we're, we're going to talk about the Lord's prayer, no, this is the same point, this is the exact same point, he's giving another example of practicing your righteousness before others, so that they can think you're awesome, amen, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, right? See that? He says, and when you pray, right? So when you give and when you pray, right? When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. The fame and the adoration of all the people, that's theirs right then and there, guys. They got it, the instant gratification. But that's not what God wants, and that profits you nothing. You don't take that with you. This isn't the Egyptian uh, mythology where you're buried with your possessions and you're taken, right? Or me and my wife went and saw The Northman. By the way, guys, was, I'm not going to recommend The Northman. It was a weird movie. And I'm just like, okay, I don't really know what I watched. But, you know, the Vikings, they they would kill a horse because they're like, you're going to ride it into Valhalla. And you're like, all right, well, that, that horse is dead, so nobody's riding it now. So that's not happening. <laughs> and they just didn't understand that. Guys, it's all good. Listen, that, that that's them, right? That's, that's how they live their life? Praise God. All right. Actually, I don't praise God for that. Uh, But truly I say to you, they have received their reward, and that's it, right? This isn't the knock on anybody who's rich or is doing well for themselves. Uh, God blesses them quite a bit. In fact, God's desire is to bless us earthly as well as spiritually, right? But it's not all about that. It's about doing what God has called us to do. It's about having purpose, amen? It's about finding meaning, but not in anything else in God alone, amen? And we're going to get to that here in a second. I know I keep saying that. I'm just excited, guys. Back off, okay? But when you pray, go into your room. Again, talking about God being in secret. Go into your room and shut the door. And pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Again, he's saying, guys, when you pray, he's there and he's listening. And what he's also saying is, is he's your father. He is your creator and he is your father. And Jesus would later on in the scriptures talk about wicked fathers and good fathers and say how even wicked fathers, when their children ask them for food, they're not going to give them like a rock or a snake that will bite them or anything like that, right? He says, you still give your kids food because you love them. But at the end of the day, you're, you make mistakes and you're still wicked and you still love your kids. So how much more so your God who's in heaven, your Father who's in heaven, right? And, and that's what he's trying to express to them. is like, guys, you have a warped view of our God that we serve, Amen. And so that's kind of his point. Then Jesus is about to make a little rabbit trail here. We're going to roll into that. So when he's talking about, about prayer, he's like, great moment to teach you guys how to even pray. And this is his, this is his rabbit trail, like Pastor Wes rabbit trails every single Sunday. What's up, bro? I love you. <laughs> love your hat, by the way, man. It's good, dog. And when you pray, right, verse 7, when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, Right? It's not holy to sit there and string together this great, like, uh, I don't know, bars. Uh, Pastor Eric, how do you say that? I'm not, I'm not with it, dog. You know what I'm saying? Like, all right, never, mind, never mind, never mind, It's all good. It's all good. You don't got to be like a silver-tongued devil. You know, like, when you're praying to God, God cares about what's on the inside of you. You know what I mean? So when you string together, go. God will hear me if I pray all these words. No. God will hear you if you just say, God, I, I don't really know what to say. Just uh, help me. Bless me. I love you, Jesus. Amen. God's like, oh, that's a great prayer, man. He's like, dude, that's a great prayer right there because that came right from the depths of your heart, and that's what I care about. That's what I care about. He says, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words, just like with Elijah and the prophets of Baal. Let's do all the crazy stuff. Let's cut our wrists. Let's dance around. Let's say the same phrases over and over so our crazy God can hear us. And he didn't hear them. He didn't do anything for them. But God responded to Elijah when Elijah just said, God, I just... I know you can do it. I believe in you. Do it. He said, yeah, that's it. That, 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 that's all it takes. It's not grandiose, and that actually speaks to God's power. He doesn't need something lofty and huge. He just needs the most simple-minded, and as the world would look at, him, the most foolish-hearted person to truly move. Amen? So that's me. I don't know if that preaches to you guys. That, that's me, okay? Listen. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Incredible. He already knows what we need, which means he's intimate with our circumstances. And that's what he's preaching right here. He's preaching a lot of hard truths, right? Like earlier, we said, hey, you're mad at someone. Guess what? Don't, don't retaliate. Forgive them. And you're like, well, hold on a second, Jesus. Who the heck are you? Oh, I'm the one who died on the cross and took all your sins. I, who knew no sin, became sin that you might become the righteousness of God. So, amen? And you said to me, you're like, all right, well, okay, fine. Whatever, Jesus. I'm, you, you can have that one, okay? You win that time. That one's for Jesus, okay? He gets to win that one. But he says, your father knows what you need before you ask him. And there's beauty in all these harsh truths. Because he's not telling these people that they are forsaken. He's saying, listen, I get you haven't been doing the right thing. I get that you've been wayward. But he's your father. I'm not saying he will eventually be. He's your father. He owns you. He, He acknowledges you. So just start to do the right thing because he cares about you. Amen. And then he goes forward and he says, pray then like this. And a lot of people take this and they go, cool, this is exactly how I have to pray for the rest of my life. You missed it all. He's just giving you an example, right? But it's great. He says, right, all the Catholics are about to start doing this. All right, listen, our Father with the rosaries, right? Our fa- I'm just messing, guys. Listen, I, I grew up Mormon. Listen, I'm, not, I'm not throwing shots. Okay, it is what it is. All right, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father, the, the, the God who created everything. God, you reside somewhere that we can't even touch because it's so holy and pure. Your name is holy. And to the Jews, they understood that. Like, he has like 50 different names. And it's like, God, Yahweh, a name that they wouldn't even say when they say hallelujah, it's because they refused to say his full name because it was way too beautiful. It was too pure. It's too holy. The early church, they would cut out sections of his name because they revered it so much. But they really cared about God and about his name because they understood it. It spoke something. When he said I am that I am, when he said Yahweh, it's like, that means you always exist. right? All these things that kind of lost their meaning because words don't really mean much to us anymore. We say what we want to say. We say them wrong. We say them in the wrong context. And you know what I'm saying. Right? We'll just move along. No, 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 no. Actually, actually, I, I don't know what you're saying. Stop saying supposedly, okay? Stop saying supposedly. Amen. Joy Tribbiani. Did we go to the zoo? Supposedly. This is like the second episode of season two. God, you guys don't watch Friends. All you guys wear friend shirts. I see all you guys walking through the mall with your friend shirts on. I'm like, bunch of liars. I see you guys right now. Stop wearing friend shirts, okay? I'm coming after you. Tell the truth and shame the devil. Come on now, someone. I'm going to get Pat. He doesn't believe in birds, so don't take his opinion. (laughs) But he's saying, uh, hallowed be your name. Before he moves on to anything else, Jesus is saying, hey, acknowledge God. And it, it really speaks to what David says, right, where he's like, enter into his courts and his gates, praise and thanksgiving. Then as we see in Hebrews, boldly approach the throne of God. And it's like, when you're coming before God, just acknowledge him, right? Acknowledge him. God, you're great, and you've done so much for me. And like Pastor West said, if he never does anything else in our lives, he's already sacrificed his son for our sins. And I even go so far to say that if he never even sent Jesus to die for our sins, he still created everything, and he's the greatest being of all. And if he, do, if he chose not to redeem us, he still deserves all the praise because that's who he is. He's everything. Yeah. Amen. And, and that's the point. Everything comes from him. But still, he didn't leave it at that. He sacrificed himself for our sins. And then a step further, he blesses us daily in our lives. Think about all the times things shouldn't have worked out, but they did. Even when you worked your hardest and you're just like, this, is, this ain't happening. And it still did. It's God blessing us. Amen. Verse 10, he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom is the king's domain. God, where you dwell in your will, the things that you desire, just as they're happening right now in heaven, we want them to happen here on earth. And Jesus told us to pray like that. I think it's time we start praying about like that. God, that we could just see you and the things you want, the things you desire happen here and now. Verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread, right? Pray for provision. It's, it's, it's important, right? Like, like, you're not holy for never praying for yourself. Just it's better to pray for other people. But there's still the fact that Jesus said that, 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 that the Father knows what we need before we even ask for it. But there's still the understanding we still got to ask for it, right? So, so like, communicate to God. It, it's crazy. Like, when, when people are, like, in need and they're not saying anything and or they're having, like, a rough day and they're not saying anything, it's like a, there's a pastor who gave this leadership message and he said, hey, uh, if you guys need to talk to a leader, um, Talk to him, uh, and I don't know what 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 Pastor West always says is he said we're not we're not detectives, right? So like if you got pastors or if you got friends or significant other, not a detective. We're not Sherlock Holmes, right? Listen, Amen. I let Jesse know when I got problems, amen. right? Right? Yeah, that's right. I'm quick to speak and slow to listen. Bless me. <laughs> Bless me. Okay. <laughs> but speak it. I know God already knows, but it kind of makes me think that maybe He likes being in relationship with us. Maybe he likes us communicating with him. That doesn't make any sense. He's the God of the universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, apparently, that's, apparently that's what he wants. I don't know. I'm just reading the Bible here. Uh, no big deal, right? I'm not making this stuff up. Okay. And forgive us our debts, verse 12, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Nobody likes that verse. It's great. Amen, Bobby? There's a lot of stuff in the Bible I don't like, but it's there. So what do I do? What am I supposed to do with that? Same thing we talked about last week. And I know like, half of you guys weren't here last week, so I, I'm, like, recovering ground that was already on over, but um, just as Jesus has forgiven us, we're supposed to forgive other people, and we say, yeah, that makes sense, except for at a certain point, and I, I won't re-go over that, but the most awful things possible that can ever happen in our lives, some of those things have happened in my life, and still, we're to forgive because everything that people have done to us, it pales in comparison to what we have done in our rejection of God, and yet God still sacrificed his son. He who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and gave us eternal life. Just more and more. God just continually, more and more and more and more and more. So how can we live in unforgiveness? Right? God, we're in debt to you. Help us forgive people who are in debt to us just as you have forgiven us for being in debt to you. Amen? And finally, he says, uh, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen? God, help me do what I'm supposed to do. Help me stand strong. God, help me walk in the way that you've called me to walk. Jesus, that's the model of prayer that he gave us. And I think that's amazing. It hits everything, praying for other people, praying for yourself, praying for holiness and purity, praying for all sorts of things, honoring and worshiping God. And he says, guys, this right here, this isn't this crazy, awesome, sexy prayer you throw out there and everybody's like, yes, awesome, sign my, sign my T-shirt, like whatever. No, it's, 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 I'm just praying just because this is, these are the things that I want. These are the things that I desire. And it's, it's, it's kind of a heart check because are those the things that we want? Are those the things that we desire? There's a verse we like to quote all the time in Isaiah, right? Where. You know, his ways are not our ways, and his thoughts are not our thoughts, and all that fun stuff, right? Well, okay, so I was like, cool, let's look at that in context. I was excited. Got that Gideon Bible I was telling you guys about, right? No, no chapter breaks. When I got to that section I was reading around, I realized that's actually a rebuke. For those of you who don't know what a rebuke is, that's where, you know, you get corrected. Like when you say 2 plus 2 equals 5, and your teacher's like, stop that right there. Get out. You're done. I hate you, right? That's a rebuke. It might be a little, a little intense. If I ever said that to a math teacher and they told me that they hated me, I totally get it. Like how dare you say two plus two equals five. I heard someone on like TikTok, which of course, yeah, so why was I on, on TikTok? But they're trying to defend why mathematically that's 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 capable. I'm like, dude. <laughs> I can't say what I want to say. I'm a man of God. I'm a pastor. Bless me. Thank you, Lord. Okay, amen. <laughs> but um Wow, I totally forgot my point. Well, there it is. All right, yeah, let's move on. I think I think I think God's saying, stop making jokes. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Okay, I should probably bring notes. I just wanted to go a cappella, right? Uh, uh, he, yeah, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And and then, and that's kind of a point that he's getting at when he's talking to the Gentiles. That's who he's talking to. He's like, hey guys, you are cursed now because your ways are not my ways and your thoughts are not my thoughts. And you sit there like that's a little rough, but what we understand through the Bible is that, like, we have the mind of Christ. So if we continually say, well, his ways are not our ways, and his thoughts are not our thoughts, then what the heck is the point of us having the mind of Christ? What does that even mean? Right? All of these things, and there's so many other verses right there, that maybe it's possible for us to understand the will of God, not because we're prideful and we think we can understand God, but because he's given us the ability to because he wants us to. It has nothing to do with us and everything to do with God. So why would we limit that? Again, maybe that's us trying to be righteous in front of others so that they can think we're great because, oh, I'm holy. Right. No, 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 I, I couldn't possibly know the will of God. I, okay, well, I, I don't know. I read the Bible, and it tells me that I have his mind, so perhaps he wants to speak to us. Also, the will of God is to, you know, Uh, you know, have pure religion, which is to uh, care for widows and orphans and, um, you know, keep oneself unspotted from the world. That's part of God's will. The great commission to take the gospel to all the nations, right, Uh, to leave oneself, uh, as I said before, unspotted from the world as they spoke to the Gentiles, just abstain from evil practices and follow the Lord and evangelize. Guys, that's just the will of God right there. I know it now. Holy crap. Wait, that's crazy, right? But I thought I'm not supposed to know his will or his ways. Well, that's a rebuke right there. So why are we attaching ourselves to a a rebuke to the Gentiles? That doesn't make us holy. That doesn't make us great, guys. And that's us, in a moment, kind of being a Pharisee. Well, I didn't know. Well, now you do. Praise God. I've unleashed you. I've freed you today. Praise God. That's right, man. Boom. Okay, you guys have been freed. Amen. And then from there, he goes forward. And this is where he stops with the prayer. He gets into verse 14. And he kind of explains a little bit. He says, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father Forgive your trespasses. And I think that speaks so deep right there. Like, well, that doesn't sound fair. First off, we're in a kingdom series. He's the king. What he says goes. That's the way. As soon as you can die for all of humanity and resurrect yourself from the grave and ascend into heaven and take everyone who believes in you into heaven with you, create the heavens and the earth, all that fun stuff, dog, you can argue with God all day. But until that moment happens, he's the king. That's how it rolls, okay? And it's not illogical. That's just what he desires to happen, so that is what it is, right? And that's a good moment to have a heart check. Why do I have a problem with this? Why do I have a problem with this? Why do I feel this rebellious nature against God? Well, great, that's, that's a good heart check. Maybe we don't honor God the way that we should. Maybe we don't actually understand that when he speaks, even though it's not always the best, prettiest, most uh, awesome thing that we've ever heard that makes us feel good about ourselves, uh, the reason why he's spoken it to us is because he loves us. And he wants us to not fall into things that others have fallen into. Amen? Uh, there's, there's a thought right there, but when we're looking at this, we're like, oh, this sounds like works. N- no, no, works come after salvation, but works have to come after salvation. That's what we understand in the Bible when it says, uh, we have been saved by grace through faith, not of good works, lest any man should boast. But then James says, you say you have faith, but you don't do anything about it. I will sh- I, I'm not going to simply say I have faith. I will show you my faith by the things I do for God. Because he has changed my life. And Paul really sums this up when he speaks to the Council of Jerusalem, the book of Acts. And he puts that together. And it's great. We see a marriage there. And that's what Jesus is saying right here. Hey, guys, if God has really forgiven you, shouldn't that cause you to want to forgive other people? But not only that, God has forgiven you. But if you've rejected it, then you don't understand what God has freed you from. If you understood that, then you'd want to free other people too, wouldn't you? Because you wouldn't want them to be bound by that. Amen? Because you're no longer bound by that either. It speaks to a heart change. Again, it goes back to the main point of the Sermon on the Mount. It's time to change who we are inside. It is so hot in here. I'm dying. Give me a second. Fire. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Hey, Pastor John, next time you want to say fire, keep it to yourself, all right? Because these AC units, hello. I'm just joking. Praise God. I'll just sweat and smell terrible. It is what it is, y'all. I like this shirt. That's okay. All right. And when you fast, Right? So remember how I told you that that was a rabbit trail? Here we go. He's going right back onto his point. He's about to finish that first point. Isn't that crazy? Like, (laughs) Jesus Jesus really laid the models for how most preachers preach, where they just go off on tangents. Jesus went off on a tangent, okay? Amen. I got the mind of Christ. Okay. (laughs) Verse 16. He goes back to his point. He says, okay, so we talked about when you're giving, when you're praying, right? Here's another example of how you are uh, unrighteous when you're trying to be righteous. When you fast, right? Oh, yes, I fast all the time. I do this, that, and the other. Like, hey, man, what's going on in your life right now? I'm just fasting. That's why I look miserable. Well, that's what he's talking about. He's like, uh, and when you fast, do not look gloomy, right? <laughs> I'll tell you what, I ain't eating today. Can you guys tell? No? All right, then stop it, all right? So anyways, you guys are like, "Please stop yelling at me. That's just how I am, okay? I hope you guys come back. I love you all. Uh, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, Right? Stop being like those guys there. I know that they're your example. I'm giving you a new example. Stop being like them. They've received the reward. For they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will re- reward you. Each time he talks about this, when you do something, he tells you, God sees you. He's in the secret place. That's where you find God is in the secret place, which speaks to God wanting to know you face-to-face personally. You matter. The words you say matter, he hears them. Amen? What he's talking about here, I think, can really go deep. When we're going through a rough time, we want everybody to see it. No. That's, 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 that's just not it. That's just being like, you have to know my week that I've had, so I'm going to come in. <sighs> like dropping stuff, slamming a door going, like, what's going on? It's fine. Like, okay, well, apparently not. So how about we just talk about this real quick, right? (laughs) Amen. Married men, can I get, like, a hello, somebody. (laughs) All right, I know you guys aren't going to want to say that because your wife loves you and you don't want to get sent to the doghouse. Baby girl, you never do that. You never do that, right? If anything, you have to put it up with me. Hey, what's up, Prince Joshua? I love you. Girl. Do you got the microphone? I'm speaking from a husband's perspective. As my father-in-law told me earlier today, it's not a comedy club. So no heckling. All right. Well, does that make sense, though? When we're going through nonsense, why do we showcase it to the world, right? I know it says, when one weeps, we all weep. When, When one rejoices, we all rejoice. You know what's great, though, is when I'm going through a rough time, I'm hitting up Pastor Eric, I'm hitting up Pastor Wesley, I'm talking to my wife, I'm talking to people, I'm saying, hey, guys, this sucks right now, help me. But when I come in here to church, when I'm meeting with people, guess what? I know they need something, and I'm not saying this because I'm a pastor. Well, you're a pastor. No, you have the Holy Spirit, like Pastor John said. You've already got everything you need, and I'll tell you what, something's going to happen to me later, and I'm going to forget all about that, and I'm going to be a hypocrite. And guess what? That's sin for me, and that doesn't excuse any of us to do it. we got to start doing what God has called us to do, right? And that means putting others before ourselves, and that's kind of what he's talking about right there. Hey, when you're going through a rough time, guess what? Don't walk around and be like, I just wish I could have some food. And then someone's like, well, I'll feed you. No, I can't eat right now. I'm fasting. And it's like, oh, all right, you've received your reward. That's what Jesus said. All of your fasting is pointless. Everything you are doing is pointless because you're doing it so they can see that you're so holy. Let's start doing things for God. Yes. Amen. Can we get an amen from that? Yeah. Let's start doing things for God. And now we're going to get to the next point. There's there are about two other sections here. I have no idea what my time is at. Pretty good still? We good? Oh, I got 10 minutes? <laughs> Watch this. Okay. <laughs> uh, verse 19. And this is, this, is, this is what I love that Jesus is, is, is really expressing in these next two sections. Uh, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Now, guess what? God blesses the rich. Jesus even talks about that all the time, right? And we see the wealthy constantly in the New Testament. Somebody's saying, but if your focus is to store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust can destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, right? Everything you have will perish. What Jesus is saying, your focus in life should be to lay up, verse 20, for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also what you truly treasure has your heart there was a morning where i woke up before work really felt unworthy for this moment and um you know my son woke up at 5 a.m which you know paula right that's life my father-in-law knows up what right? 1 a.m right that's johnny's yeah yeah that's right yeah father-in-law doesn't get to sleep but he loves that little boy and uh he gets up comes into our room and he's like hey guys what's going on and he hops in bed i'm like bro stop it I know it's the time I'm supposed to get up, but, you know, you hit the snooze button a few times, right? Whoops, I said that. Yeah, I hit the snooze button. Bless God. You guys are like, oh, my gosh. Hypocrite. Yeah, amen. So are you. Okay, you too. Um, Johnny comes in, though, and he's being all funny. I'm like, bro, you're in a great mood. I'm not going you know, to dunk on that. Let's just have fun right now, right? So, oh, I'm playing around with them, tickling them. And then he sees my wife getting ready in the bathroom. And he goes up, and he's like, Mommy, where's Monster Baby? That's his, his sister, right? Because my wife is so pregnant. Um, I wouldn't even have her show you. When she gets up and starts walking around, you're going to be like, Dang, <laughs> That girl is pregnant. Yeah. And every time I tell people, oh, she just had some Taco Bell. It's great. It's so great. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, yeah, I, I like that one. I like that one a lot. I'm very proud of it. But he walks in, and he goes, Mommy, where's the monster baby? And she's like, oh, Mila's right here. And he goes up and he goes, I pray for monster baby. And he puts his hand on Jesse's stomach and he just prays. He's like, God, I pray Mila, feel better. In Jesus' name, amen. And that's how he prays. He just prays that you feel better. I'm like, all right, well, no, you pray that all you want, dog, because I really need to feel better all the time. And he prayed for her. And I just sat there and I was like, dude, that is so cool. And what that shows me is I'm really reinforcing Christ to him. And you can't always hold that. That's not always tangible. But in that moment, I was like, dude, that is so worth it. That is so worth everything. That is one of the best moments of my life. And what that shows me is the long hours and the not uh, six-figure salary and the the not Tesla. Shout out to Pierce. Hey, bro. Um, In my front driveway, front driveway, like you have a back one. But what if you did have a back driveway, right? I, I don't have a back driveway. And that also speaks to something I don't have, right? But in that moment, it's like... It's like, God is so good, and I'm blessed. I don't know about you guys. I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed above all men. I, I'm blessed above anyone. I, I, I don't care. I can just look at that and be like, my wife loves Jesus. My son loves Jesus. My daughter, my son is praying for my daughter before she's even born. You just, It's wild, and that speaks to me right there, laying up for yourself treasures in heaven where no one can touch it. No one can tarnish it. That moment can never be taken away. Even if Johnny makes mistakes and does his own thing in life, I I believe that the Bible says uh, raise up a child in the way they should go and they will not depart from it, right? Moving on, he says the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Then the light in you is in darkness. How great is the darkness, right? No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And that's what he's talking about. Where's your intent at? Who owns you? What are you looking at? What's filling your life? What's influencing you? Because that's going to affect you. It's a thing a pastor said a long time ago. Show me your five best friends. I'll show you where you will be in five years. Took that to heart. Really attached myself to a lot of awesome men of God. Pete up over there. Right? Told you guys last week. we We stopped hanging out with a lot of our druggy friends because... They wanted to keep doing drugs, and when we hung out with them, we kept doing drugs. So we said, we're done. You guys can come to church. And some of them did, but they wouldn't stop hanging out with the people who did drugs, who wanted to stay in their drugs, and they always got pulled out. But then we began to bring a lot of awesome men of God around us, and we're still following the Lord. And we get to, um, you know, he's going to baptize people today. And that's incredible. (laughs) Right? And you just, you feel so unworthy for stuff like that, but he's good. Amen. And that doesn't mean that there's not mistakes along the way. And I'm looking at all you guys. You guys just got, just, just got back from Tijuana. A lot of times when people get done with these missionary things, right, because they're super excited, there's a lot of people on fire. When you go back to your normal life, it's hard to hold on to that. Right, and it's like, no, well, well, then, well, then find the people around you who are doing the things that you want to do, who are the things that you want to be, who love the Lord and surround yourselves with those people. And you won't fall into a statistic. Amen. You won't fall into a statistic, just like what Pete said earlier about fathers. Maybe if we step up, guys in the house, as good fathers. I'm going to shout out my father-in-law. I love you so much. Yeah. Really appreciate you. <laughs> yeah. it's good. He's a good dad. I appreciate him a lot. But um, maybe we won't have those issues that we're having now. Maybe we won't have 90% of all men look at porn at least once a day. Right? Maybe we won't have that anymore. And then going on to the next section, this is the final one. And I love this. This is how we're going to end today, and it's it's a really good thing to understand. Um, verse 25, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And this is what he says. Are you not of more value than they? God's going to provide for you. Obviously, he's not saying, don't do anything, lay on a couch, be like Buddha, people bring you food. He's not saying that. But he's saying, like, you put your, your best foot forward and you try, right? It's like that Coldplay song. I'm not, I don't remember all the words, but he's like, when you try your best, when you don't succeed, right? That old thing. When you get what you want, but not what you need. Am I right, guys? Yeah. Yeah. And that's where it starts to fall apart because he says, let it be words, whatever. And he says, light will we'll guide you home. And I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. This song's nonsense. but when you try your best and you don't succeed right amen but God meets you in that and it's not simply God helps those who help themselves because he helps us when we are unable to help ourselves we were able to help ourselves we would be able to provide for ourselves constantly yet God provides for us when we cannot provide for ourselves he does not simply help those who help themselves he helps those who cannot but a lot of times God will sit back and say hey you got to do something about this Because I'm a good father and I'm not going to reward you if you're going to walk in bad behavior. And that's why sometimes things don't work out and they blow up in our face. Because God loves us and he's teaching us a lesson. But he keeps us in that. He keeps us through that. And if we are humble and if we decide to not blame God but take the lesson that a good father is teaching us. Amen. It's incredible. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor, nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? And I love how he puts that there. You doubt God, you really lack a crazy amount of faith, and God will still provide for you. That's great. That, that encourages me right there. But notice what he says. All these things that don't matter, God provides for them. He will provide. Yes. He will provide. And this speaks volumes to these people because they are poor. Yeah. And like <laughs> infant mortality rate is really high. Death is a daily occurrence for people in this time period. Yeah. And yet he's saying God will provide for you. Yeah. I know you're afraid, but God will provide for you. Yeah. Therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or What shall we wear? For the Gentile seeker after all these things, and your heavenly father knows that you need them all. But seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. The thing that will, that will profit you more than anything is understanding God and being his child. Yeah. And understanding that you are a part of a nation, that you swear fealty to this king, and that he loves you. Unlike any other king that has ever existed, this one actually loves you and cares about you. Yeah. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself sufficient for the day as its own trouble amen? amen the part of the kingdom is to trust the king and to not worry it's not saying don't plan it's not saying don't be wise with your money it's simply saying if you have today take care of today right. stop stressing yourself out right uh, they would also say can you make yourself taller can you get rid of your gray hairs by worrying no then what are you doing worrying about everything in your life focus on what you can change and change that then and there He's kind of teaching us to focus and be a little bit more practical in our lives, right? Why? Because that's God's desire for us. Amen. God cares about us intimately, He sees every single detail in our lives. And His biggest care is for us to be right on the inside. And that's why He's saying, guys, I've not made you to be hypocrites, I've not made you to be these people. But I mean, amen. How many people have been to a church and you're like, dude, <laughs> I can't invite anyone to this church? This is wild. Getting, like, hurt by leaders, getting told weird, crazy stuff by uh, pastors. The pastor on the stage just sits there and yells at everybody the entire time, which is almost what I did, right? It's great. I'm <laughs> not talking about you, Pastor Eric. You got it. You got, you got, you got great fire, man. You always, you always call us into question. But, you know, sitting down talking about how much God hates you and all that kind of stuff. All of that, right? It, it, it's just nonsense. And, and, and us Christians are sometimes the biggest hypocrites, and Jesus is saying, guys, but, but you don't have to be. You don't have to be. Follow me, because I care about you intimately. Amen? All right, I'm going to go ahead and pray for us, and then Pastor Wes is going to share a few things. Um, Father, we just thank you, God. Our, our hearts are yours, God. Um, we lay ourselves open before you, Father. And Lord, we just pray, just like David, God, search our hearts, search our souls, God. If you find anything in us, God, that is wrong, God, that is unclean, remove it, God. And help us to love you, to praise you, God, to adore you, God, and to be there for those in need, Father. To put others first, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name.